Does it feel good? Well, we are glad to be here tonight. We are so excited to see you. We've been waiting and waiting and waiting, and I know that God has something so special for us, and I am just so excited to be here. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, say it's going to get dangerous in here. So hang on. Before I get carried away, I want to say thanks so much to Pastor Kimmon and Bridget Kreiner and all of their wonderful, wonderful people. What a great day. I went to the apple orchard today. Yeah. And I had, uh, I had what? Friskies. Friskies? Hmm. Friskies. And uh, I just tell you, I had a beautiful bag in my room with candy in it. And uh, it's beautiful. Everything is great. You all treat me so good. And I just want you to know that I'm very glad to be here. You're a great group of people. Give the Harvest Barn a great big cheer. It's an assignment. Amen? Amen. Amen. Before I go any further, I want to tell you some good news. I mean, you know, God has confidence in his children, doesn't he? Because he's asked me to do something this year that I haven't done before. And I wrote some notes because I want to make sure that I don't forget what I need to say. Uh, as you know, and many of you have been down to the, children, the girls' school of the spirit, this year he's asked me to do something else, and I'm going to do it. The first year of our girls' school of the spirit, 32 uh, wonderful young women was baptized in the Holy Ghost the first night. Last year, the first night, 28 girls was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And we had notable miracles. But we've got a little problem. We're turning down too many children that need to be there. So this year, God's asked me to have two girls' schools of spirit. And the first one is going to be girls from 12 to 17. The next week, it will be girls from 18 to 26. And the reason that we're doing this is because God wants to get all the age of the young girls in. And I want you to be there. So it's going to be in the month of June. I want you to get on ElaineHalmer.com, my web, and there will be applications there for you to fill out. It will look like this. And uh, I want you to fill it out and mail it in as soon as possible. It's going to be June, two weeks in June. And uh, I also had one in Texas, and that thing has boomed. They're begging for us to come back there too. So God has an assignment, and he changes all the time. You'll go one step, and he'll find out you'll be obedient, and he'll ask you to go another step and be obedient. So I'm obedient, and I'm going to do it. I want to remind you that ElaineHalmer.com, you can go there every day and watch a devotion. Not just listen, but watch. I'm on there every day with a devotion. You should go and listen. In fact, if you go in the month of November, you are going to see a part of your country on that devotion. Uh-huh. Because we're filming and we're doing some beautiful shots from your beautiful city. 
and up at Charlevoix and around. We're, we're having a great time. So uh, you go there, and uh, I'll be saying hi to everybody in East Jordan in the month of November. Um, uh, I'll be, I, I, I know that God, you wouldn't believe some of the things that's happening on these devo devotions where people are writing and, and, and getting healed and blessed. And sometimes the Lord gives words of knowledge right over the air, and, you, and you're thinking, wow. God, you're so good. Another thing, I have a brand new series called The Sound of Revival. You know, one day, uh, the Pentecost uh, uh, was the believers were sitting with one mind and one accord, and there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. I was doing a pastor's conference in Lexington, Kentucky, is where we take this, and it is awesome. I want you to make sure that you get this CD. It's two CDs. It's called The Sound of Revival. It's, uh, are you ready for the Pentecostal experience in this day? There is a sound and there is a sign of revival. So make sure you get these. Also, faith is in your mouth and in your heart. Two series that I want you to make sure you get tonight before you leave because you know tomorrow night those other wild women will be here and they may grab them all up. So make sure that you get this. You see, the Bible says in Romans 10, 9 through 10, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, believe in your heart that God hath raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so I want you to make sure you get these two. Now then, it's great to have Ken, uh, Ken here, right? We had, to, my, we had a little, little family problem. My sister fell and broke her femur bone, and uh, she had to have extensive surgery. So Ken needed to stay there and with my mother tonight. But let's give him a cheer anyway. He's, he's good. He's good. But we have our oldest son here with us tonight, Jonathan. And, and we're so glad that Jonathan's here. Travels with me everywhere. And uh, I know we can whip him later, but he's got all his piano and all his stuff out there in the back end. I think he was afraid the cops would come. <laughs> so we didn't set it up, but he really has been doing great. Also, it's great to have Loretta. Amen? Amen. God is doing great things all over the world. The only thing we need to do is get in the middle of it. Now, how many of you remember before the war when George W. Bush stood up and he told everybody... We are going in because Saddam Hussein has weapons of mass destruction. Then we all, maybe not all, but some of us that listen to different people on TV, we found out that the weapons of mass destruction, some of them had... Videos that they were moved. We don't know. I'm not going to expound on that. But the Lord began dealing with me about two years ago on a message called Weapons of Mass Destruction. When you have a weapon of mass destruction, it means that it will wipe out a mass. Is that right? And since I believe that... God is wanting us to hear the sound of revival. Why? Because the signs of the time are upon us and we see them and we hear them. 
So everything that Satan does, God has already got something that will knock that out of the water. Amen. God doesn't follow after the devil and do things to knock him out. God is the leader and Satan brings a counterfeit, but God's already brought the weapon to knock his ideas out of the water. Can you say amen? amen. Isn't that true? Yes. So we're living this in the generation that everything is groaning and longing for the moving of the Holy Ghost. And not just a moving, but for a demolition of the kingdom of the enemy to be brought down. Animals are ready. The earth is ready. You know, the other day, I don't know if you saw this or not, but in a 24-hour period, there was three earthquakes in three states in the United States. Amen? It was in Virginia, Colorado, and San Francisco in a 24-hour period. And the Bible says when we see these signs, what will they be? The signs, it will be earthquakes in diverse places. It will be parents turning against children. Amen. Children against parents. We're killing over 4,000 babies a day. I hear the sound of revival. Are you feeling the anointing on your life daily? I hear the sound of revival. A general in the army is marrying the same sex. Do you hear the sound of revival? There's falling away. Creflo Dollar said to some of the people uh, around uh, the ministers that I'm dealing with and traveling with some and he said this, he said, every day people is calling his office saying, I'm giving up, I'm quitting, people are leaving my church by the droves, I'm tired, I'm not going to go on. Can you hear the sound of revival? Amen. The Bible said there will be a glorious church without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. And it doesn't matter what we see or what we hear on the news. It doesn't matter what the enemy may be doing. There is a sound and there is a sign of the end time revival. And it isn't a personality. It won't be through a man or a woman's name. It won't be through a denomination. It won't be through one church or one person. But the Holy Ghost will get all glory and will get all the praise for this revival. It's a Holy Ghost revival. I hear the sound. I see it on the news. I hear it everywhere. Do you remember Sodom and Gomorrah? Hello? You are seeing a repeat of that now. And I believe since the Great Depression, we are having the worst crunch in our economy since the Great Depression. People are wondering, uh, just today, this afternoon, I was laying there praying and the Lord, I, I don't know, I, I, I've wondered, you know, if God would ever tell anybody to turn on a TV. 
But I heard the Lord when I was praying. Loretta was downstairs. Jonathan was in his room. I was there all by myself for two hours. And I was just praying and meditating. And the Lord said, turn the TV on. And when I did, I saw 1,000 people sitting in Washington. No, excuse me. Sitting at the stock market, getting ready to protest. And the only thing they're waiting for is more people to join them. And they're all, some of them have been there 19 days, almost three weeks, getting ready for a great march. Do you think there would ever be a city turned upside down like that over our economy? Yes, there will. There will be riots over this economy. I hear the sound of a Holy Ghost revival. Immorality has a downhill plunge. Everything's okay no matter what you do, what you say, what you act like. Everything's just okay. And I'm telling you, I'm hearing God say, will my children, will my people who are called by my name humble themselves? Will you pray and let the Holy Ghost revival hit the United States of America and the world and our answer is yeah. I said our answer is yeah. in the Bible Luke 24 they asked the question what's the sign how will we know and Jesus gave them all these signs but there was one day when Jesus had got up out of the grave by the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost raised him up because the Scripture said, if the Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is in you, it'll quicken your mortal body. And so Jesus was walking down the road, and there was two men walking with them. He joined himself with them as they walked down the road. And Jesus listened to their conversation. Said, man, I don't know, these two guys, I, I don't know what's happened. But the women went out to the, to the uh, tomb this morning, Luke 24. He said, the women went out to the tomb, and they say that Jesus is gone. We don't know if we believe them or not. And Jesus is walking beside them, listening to their conversation. And as he listened to their conversation, he had already told every one of them, if they tear this temple down in three days, it will be built up. He already told them that he was the resurrection and the life. He already told them that he was victorious. And I love the Amplified because it says, 25th verse, Amplified, as he looked at them and they began to hear his voice, he said, are you always sluggish in your mind? Say that with me. Sluggish. Everybody together. Sluggish in your mind. Are you always sluggish in your mind? Sluggish is something that's slow running, slow moving. If you have a toy for your child and you don't have a good battery in it, it may be something that goes real fast, but the, the more the battery is running out of juice, the more sluggish it will go. Sluggish. Are you sluggish in your mind, Jesus said? 
He said, not only are you sluggish in your mind, but you are dull in perception. In other words, you're not perceiving anything. You're dull. You're not sharp. Everybody say sluggish in your mind. Dull in perceiving. And the third thing he said was, you are slow in your heart to believe. Slow in your heart to believe. Now, I happen to believe that if you are sluggish in your mind and you're slow and dull in perception and slow in your heart to believe, that Jesus said to them, you know what? You don't even believe the prophets. We need to do something to make our mind speed up. We need to be hearers and doers. And we need to believe God's Word. If God said it, He's going to do it no matter what. Nothing's going to stop the Word of God. Nothing. 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 What the disciples did not believe is that He got up. But if he hadn't have got up, we would have all been sunk anyway. He had to get up. And then after he got up, he told the disciples and the women and everybody else, oh foolish ones in the New King James Version, oh foolish ones, do you not believe what the prophets have spoken? Joel said, in the last days, saith God, I'm going to pour my spirit out on all flesh. And we, as children of God, have been given weapons of mass destruction. Say it with me, weapons of mass destruction. Some of our weapons are knowing your enemy. See, if you're not sluggish in your mind, you know your enemy. You know for over 6,000 years that we know of, Satan has been doing the same old things. I think I'll make little Elaine discouraged and maybe she'll give up and quit. And then you go on and that don't stop little Elaine. So, well, I think we'll just do this to little Elaine. We'll mess her life up. We'll mess her kids. We'll mess this up. And then that don't stop her. And you just keep on going and going and going. If your mind is sluggish, you'll believe the first lie he told you. Women can't preach. You're too loud. You need to sit down and teach and not scream and run around and act like an Indian. Anything that the enemy has told you is a lie because he don't speak truth. One of the weapons against the enemy is to make sure your mind, your mind is a weapon of mass destruction against the enemy. Well, I'm dumb. No, you're not. Somebody said, I'm so stupid, you know, I, I can't even pay attention. I'm, I've got ADA, I'm this, that, and the other. No, you're not. Stop telling everybody that junk. Well, I don't think I can learn to do this. Yes, you can. You got the mind of Christ. Well, I, I, I mean, you know, I, I just don't think that, that, that God allowed me to be able to remember. Yes, you have. Don't you know when you get 50, you've got to forget who you are? No, you don't. 
Well, everybody has all. No, they don't. Don't you know that she's so old she has to have dementia? No, you don't. The Bible says for you to renew and refresh your mind with the Word of God. And you don't have just to wait till you get to church to hear your great pastor preach. Either one of them. You've got to hear the Word of God every day. Wednesday and Sunday is not enough. You've got to refresh Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. You eat every day, don't you? Yes, you do. And you've got to feed your man, your spirit man, every day. We've got to know what to do when the devil comes to our mind. He gives you all these stupid thoughts. When you're ugly, you've got to whip your feet to make them go to bed with you. You're so ugly. Well, you're overweight. Well, guess what? 85% of everybody on the earth is overweight. So you're not alone. <laughs> so every time the devil says you're overweight, so there's a whole lot of little chubby fat kids running around that belong to Jesus, and I'm one of them. Just tell him. Just go ahead and tell him. Just say, oh, yeah, but every pound of me loves Jesus. Oh, yeah, every ounce of me loves Jesus. Just go on and tell him. Say, oh, yeah, and what about it? I guess you wish you was here on earth worshiping God, but you can't worship God. Don't let your mind run away with you with lies from the enemy. Don't let the enemy tell you you're going to be gloom and blue and, and down and out. If everybody in the country walks off and leaves you, just throw your head up and say, I'm going on. I'm going on. Amen. It doesn't matter. We are not participators in the Obamacare or the Obama government. We are from heaven and our headquarters is in heaven. Say, well, I don't know what's going to happen with America. Well, I tell you, America kills innocent babies every day. I'll tell you what happens. It's not hard to see what's going to happen. But my Bible tells me they that know their God will be strong and do exploits. Hallelujah. I know God, do you? I said, do you? How many knows God? Raise your hand. Do it again. Well, then you're the group that's going to do exploits. So we don't have to worry about whether they give us food or insurance or cars or economy. We know one thing. If we need to get there, God will translate us like he did Philip. Come on. There's no stopping us unless we get sluggish in our mind. Because if you start thinking it, you're going to start speaking it. And if you start speaking it, you're going to become pregnant with it. Come on. Whatever you bring out of your mouth is going to take root in you. And pretty soon you're going to have what you say. You're going to get it. So stop saying it. How do you stop saying it? You stop thinking it. How do you stop thinking it? You transform your mind by the renewing of your mind by the Word of God. You start reading. You say, well, I don't, um, it's elementary. It's just uh, kid stuff to read uh, Psalm 23 and Psalm 91. Oh, oh, really? Oh, really? 
He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High is elementary. I wish to thee, Lord God Almighty, that there'd be 50 people in here right now that would dwell every day in the presence of the Almighty and you would turn Charlevoix and Petoskey and everywhere else around here upside down, Gaylord, everybody else. I said 50 people in here. 50 people, 50 people, 50 people. Say amen. 50 people in here on fire for God every day dwelling in the secret place getting up every morning saying the Lord is my refuge the Lord is my fortress the Lord is my God in him I will trust surely he will deliver me from the snare of the fowler and the noise and pestilence I'm buckled up with the shield and buckled up with truth today you get up and start saying that every day, you'd find out how elementary that really is. Come on. Come on. He's good. Amen? One of your weapons of mass destruction is to know how he operates through your mind. Say, through my mind. Say, through my will. Through my emotions. When he can get us to hear things and think about it and become emotional, he knows he's got his foot in the door. Amen. I've got to know who I am. I've got to know what I possess. And I've got to know who I belong to. So I see the need for revival in the body of Christ as I've never seen it in my life. But why should there be a disaster to bring us to our knees? Why do we need to wait for something bad to happen to bring us to our knees or a place of revival? Somebody said the other day, oh, there's going to be great revival in the end time because things are going to be so bad. Why don't we just have revival right now while things are still halfway good? We don't need to wait until the enemy hits the door. We need to hit the enemy when he comes into the city. I'm going to say that again. We don't need to wait until destruction hits our home. We need to stop the devil at the beginning of the gates of the city. Amen. 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 We don't have to have pain and suffering and grief in order to seek God. We need to seek God when everything's going good. And then when the storm comes, we'll already know what we're doing and how to do it. Isn't that right? We need an awesome revival. And what do you say you need a revival for? Well, I've told you this before probably, but if you have an old car and it's sitting in the junkyard and it's a 1948 Ford, did they have Fords then? Yeah, they had 48s because they had 37s, didn't they? And so if you got an old car sitting in a junkyard and it's rusted, it don't have any tires on it, it looks horrible, but it's still got a good body. And you guys would take that body of that Ford and you put everything back on it that it had in the beginning. Then you have restored and revived the car. What I hear the voice of the Lord is saying, I want my church to be in the book of Acts. Revived. See, a revival is not a week-long meeting that you just get people in and get them saved. That's a salvation meeting. A revival is when people are dead, brought back to life. This little thing keeps falling. 
You know what? I, I know what's wrong. My ear isn't big enough, large enough. I figured it out. Jonathan, see how little my ears are? And, and every week we go through this. It's, it's my ear. I did. Let me have this. Okay. I feel more comfortable. I promise I'll hold it in my mouth. I've been known to go like this and talk before, and people don't like it because I get hungry. You know? And, and Jonathan will say, Mother, you ruin every CD you do because all you do is <laughs> So I promise I'll hold it to my mouth if you'll deliver me from that thing on my ear. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, it's hard to teach an old dog new tricks. I've been preaching like this for 32 years. And then they get this little thing up in on my ear and the thing's falling off every minute. Because my ears are too little for it. I have to get me a headset, right? Amen. But when we are getting a call from God like we are, I had no idea until Pastor Kimmon told me today at lunch. Everybody is preaching the Holy Ghost from California to New York, from Toronto down to Miami. Everybody's preaching the Holy Ghost. And I don't have any idea because all I do is run around the country and preach. And I don't get a chance to watch and listen and do all the... I have to hear God. And God said to me these things. He said, we need an awakening, a revival of seeking God with all our hearts as never before. And it will only be prompted by the Holy Ghost and fire. Hallelujah! If the church of the living God will humble themselves and get in the Holy Ghost, well, how am I going to do it? Well, you're going to pray. You're going to sing in the Spirit. You're going to pray with your understanding. You're going to pray in the Spirit. And you're going to just say, oh God, here I am. Whatever you want me to. You want me to clap, I'll clap. I like that song. You want me to dance, I'll dance. You want me to run, I'll run. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. Only thing I know is I want to be in the middle of the Holy Ghost. It's being poured out. Holy Ghost revival shaking the city of East Jordan. That's what we need. But we don't need to despise the old time way of the book of Acts. Somebody said, oh, we just don't want that old time religion. Well, I'm going to tell you, we don't need the old-timey uh, religion that starts with men, but we need the old-time religion that starts with the book of Acts. Come on. We need to go all the way back and find the place. If you are going down a road and you make a wrong turn and you see everything's dying around you and nothing is being prosperous, why don't you just turn around and go back to where you turned and get on that road and go straight. When you find where you missed it, go back and get it right. Amen? In the charismatic renewal, Baptist, Methodist, I love what one man of God named Lester Summerall, you ever heard of him? He said the charismatic renewal was the greatest revival that's ever hit the face of the earth since Jesus. And I believe it. Because I was in that renewal and all of a sudden, Catholics and Methodists and Baptists, we had 110 Baptists baptized in the Holy Ghost in Fort Payne, Alabama, 13 years ago. In one week. 
We actually had people demon-possessed 13 years ago that came in our church and fell on the carpet that I just bought and started regurgitating demons everywhere, I mean everywhere, and got up and got free that had been bound by alcohol for 30 years. My mama and my daddy, my mama was raised Methodist, my daddy raised Baptist, and we had prayed all our lives that my daddy's brother would be baptized in the Holy Ghost. He came in the church one night, and the Holy Ghost hit him, and there he was laying in the middle of the aisle speaking in other tongues, and his wife with him. Everybody was being baptized. It was one of the greatest moves even further back than that. 30 years ago when the charismatic renewal happened. I was ministering one day with a Catholic priest, Father Dean Brom. I walked into the church to preach and they said, we're going to have Elaine tonight, Father Dean Brom tomorrow night, and Elaine again the next night. I didn't know who Father Dean Braun was. And so I asked, why are you calling him Father? They said, because he's a Catholic priest. I said, preaching with me? I said, yes. And that man got up there, and the first thing he did was take the microphone, and he said, the Holy Ghost is so real. The power of God is moving in this room. And there he was with his turned around collar and a black long robe. And there he had a big cross on, and he was speaking in tongues and shouting the victory. First time I preached with a Catholic priest. Then we had another lady, a, a lady a priest, that came to the Catholic church in Fort Payne. I walked in on Sunday night one night, and there she stood with her little turned around collar. Her name was Sandra Kennedy. And I, I met her at the door, and I said, Sandra, you are the priest, the, the lady, the, uh, the presbyter, or the, uh, the priest at the Catholic church. She said, well, they don't call me priest because I'm a woman. But yes, I am over the Catholic church here in this city. I preach all the time. And she said, I came tonight for one reason. And I said, what? She said, well, I've heard that there's another lady preacher in this city. And she said, I know that you are persecuted like I am. But she said, I came to hear you speak in tongues. We are in need of the greatest Holy Ghost awakening that's ever been. The Holy Ghost moving on the earth. Power and anointing. Signs and wonders. Praise and real worship. Praise and real worship. Well, I didn't like the worship tonight. Well, the worship wasn't for you. The worship is for God. Somebody said, I really didn't like what they sung. Some kind of wonderful. I said, oh, my Lord, get down with your bad self. Jonathan said, Mama, me and Nicholas have recorded that on a tape. I said, Lord, get it out. Some kind of wonderful. I want to sing that myself. Oh, can I get a witness? You get some songs like that going instead of these old dead, dry stuff. You don't have that dead, dry stuff here. That's the reason I like this gospel barn. Who, who wants to go to some dead church and they ain't got no music? Come on. You know I'm speaking the truth. 
Everything's dead, lice falling off a dog in Oklahoma. And you know, just sitting there, oh God, let them hurry up and get through with this, this worship here. Well, I hope they're doing it to God because none of us enjoyed it. He enjoyed it. He said, make a joyful noise. Whoever makes a joyful noise, he loves. Amen. I said, amen. We want to see the power. And tonight, if we know the weapons of our warfare and we are not ignorant to them, then we can go in and get anything we want. We can take it. It's time for the church of the living God to bring out the weapons of mass destruction. You ready? The weapons of mass destruction. First look with me, Genesis 1. And let's start there because we need to go all the way back to the beginning. I want you to get this. Oh, I need six weeks to preach all this good stuff. I'm getting into it, but I know one thing. You got a little man of God that can preach it up one side and down the other. So whatever I don't get or miss or mess up, he'll straighten it out. <laughs> Woo! Ain't that right? Ain't that right? Oh, you're there. Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, if we're going to have a Holy Ghost revival, let's just take it like it is. God made everything that was made. Amen. And we're not going to back up. One of, the, one of the mass destructions of hell is deception right now. Trying to make you believe a lie about God. Don't you believe any theory that you don't find in your Bible and your pastor don't preach. I, I'm, I'm telling you now. If you get in the wrong church, you'll die. We're not in the little uh, tiptoe through the tulips point now. We're in the Katie bar the door war, and you better stay where you know you've got the man of woman of God preaching the truth. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. When I thought there was some cosmos, uh, a, a little atom split, and out came a giraffe, and, a, and out came a mountain, and, a, and an ocean. Oh, please, if you've ever watched a baby born, if you've ever saw a little strawberry bloom, and then that white bloom turn into a red berry, if you've ever seen God, the way he creates the beautiful uh, trees in the season, you've got to know that there's something besides some little old Adam had a bursting experience come on well I, I believe the Darwin theory oh please you don't even know what you believe in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth well what if there's more planets than we know about it's okay he created them too Somebody said, oh, they're seeing all kinds of UFOs and they're seeing this. Well, in the, in the, in the, in the sky right above us, they're probably seeing demons. And if there are a lot more planets, it's okay. God made those two. And they're not going to be an alien come down here in a ship and steal the people of God. Please. 
please. And there I've heard about it. I don't even know the name of it. Maybe some of you will help me. But there's a movie out now about a contagious disease. What? Contagion? And they had a panel of doctors the other day and said, what do you think about this movie, Contagion? They said, I'll tell you what we think about it. It absolutely will happen on planet Earth. So everybody started running to me. Oh, my God, what are we going to do? I said, oh, please. Why don't we believe the God that created the Earth? I'm not going to get in that plague. Remember, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he's my refuge, he's my fortress, he's my God. In him I will trust. Surely he will deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the noise and pestilence. Well, if you don't believe him now, you won't believe him then. We got to get the Holy Ghost revival now. Don't wait until the thing starts. Amen. He said, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God. I want you to say the Holy Spirit. How many do you think there is? Do you think like some people think? There's 15 different Holy Spirits. There's one Holy Spirit. Please, folks. I know a preacher gets on TV and says there's 12 spirits of God. And really, he's trying to say in manifestation the Spirit has moved. There's 12 But he gets everybody all confused when you do things like that. There is one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. There is one God, one Son of God, and one Spirit of God called the Holy Ghost. Now, just take it, uh, uh, just elementary. We want something dark and deep. No, just elementary. A, B, C, easy as one, two, three. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, okay? Just Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. The Word made flesh and dwelt among us. In the beginning was the Word, okay? We don't have to get in any argument. No, brother so-and-so said there was 12 spirits of God. And then we go off in some deep, dark revelation and get everybody all turned upside down and confused. And then we come back and say, well, that wasn't what I meant. I just mean he manifested in the wind and in the tongues and in the moon and in the wine and in the bush. Uh, yeah, you're right. And the Spirit, the Holy Spirit moved on the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. God uses the Holy Spirit to move. And the moving in this revival right now, even in East Jordan, Michigan, on this beautiful October evening, the Holy Spirit is just going to and fro in this room, just going, 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 going. Not being still, but just moving. Pricking hearts, giving revelation knowledge, touching people all over this room. He's still moving all over the face of the earth. And I hear God say, let there be light in this place. And tonight the light is shining in this place. Amen? 
He's been moving. He knows what we need as a church and a people. We've, got great, we've had great moves of God. We've had great manifestations. As a child, I saw some of the greatest revivals and greatest manifestations, wonderful stories, great things happening. My mother will be 86 next week. And uh, last Sunday, she was sitting in her chair, and she said, she has trouble with her eyes right now, but that's the only thing. She said, oh, the Holy Ghost is moving on me. Get me up. And everybody raised her up. You know, my husband went over there and grabbed her and got her up. She called out ten people and read their mail perfectly in the gift of the Holy Spirit. She said, Elaine, the Holy Ghost got on me today. Call me on the phone. And she said, I saw the Holy Ghost move in this church like never before. I said, Mama, the Holy Ghost is not getting weaker. The Holy Ghost is manifesting more and more and more and more because we are facing circuit training. Do you know what that is? That's a form of strength training. It involves moving through areas of different exercises with just a little bit of rest in between. Have you ever thought in your mind, dear Lord, I just went through that, now I've got to go through this, and now I've got to go through that, now I've got to move. It's because you're being trained by the Holy Ghost for this last day move. Don't get weary in well-doing. You'll reap if you don't faint. Pentecostals were hated when I was a little girl. But then during the charismatic movement, that's what they were seeking. Lester Summerall, Kenneth Hagin, and Norval Hayes said when that charismatic renewal started, they figured that that would be the greatest thing and we would never lose it. We would just grow and grow and grow. And that would bring back Jesus. But they said it fizzled out. Why did it fizzle out, I said. What happened? Hundreds were coming out of denominational churches, running to some little storefront building or some Pentecostal church. We want the Holy Ghost. We want the gifts of the Holy Ghost. We've been reading the Bible. And then everybody got just turned on the Holy Ghost, and then everything just kind of fizzled back down. Why? Did God change? No. The hunger and the thirsting changed. If you're not hungry and you're not thirsty for it, you won't get the drink. God is looking for a group of people that's hungry and thirsty for the Holy Spirit. And when we know that we are going through and we're not going to stop until we get to the end of the thing, then we need to understand what happened on the day of Pentecost. Jesus said, tarry or wait for the promise. And when they were all with one mind and one accord, there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting. There appeared over them tongues, cloven tongues like as a fire, and they all began to speak in another language. Now, when this happened in the charismatic renewal, there was things that started 
happening like Harry Irwin, a Methodist preacher in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And he was preaching one day. He had a pain in his chest. He went to the hospital, and the doctor said, you must have heart surgery. But it was Maurice Rollins, the spirit-filled cardiologist in Chattanooga that believes God raises the dead. He's got five or six books written about God raising the dead. And so he took him in the operating room, but just as they, before they put him out, his wife, Louise, said, Harry, now this was an old-timey Methodist preacher that I preached with many, 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 many times. He said, Elaine, I know I have a Methodist church, but I want you to come and preach. I said, Brother Irwin, you might run off all your people. He said, no, I don't care. I believe we're going to have church. And boy, did we have revival in that Methodist church. He said, Louise, don't worry. I'll be back. But when Dr. Rollins got in there and his heart and everything was in such bad shape, he died. Harry died. And he said as he got into heaven that the Lord began to minister to him about the Spirit. And he said, oh, those eyes and that love that Jesus had and the beauty that's in that place. He said, oh, Jesus, I am so glad you let me come up here. He said, this is so awesome. It's so awesome. It's so awesome. He said, Harry, the last thing that I told Louise when they put you to sleep was that I'd, I'd take care of you. And he said, you're not staying. You're going back. But he said, the main reason you got to go back is because you're a Methodist preacher and you've got to tell the people about my spirit. And he was gone for 25 minutes and Dr. Rollins had pronounced him dead. But all of a sudden when he walked out of the room, Harry got up. Yeah, Harry Irwin got up. And, and, and you know what happened? He said when he got up there to the gates of heaven, he said there really is a gate of heaven. And he said when he got there, his buddies and friends and family was all sitting there waiting on him. Said they said, welcome home. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And he preached the Holy Ghost until he was about 90 years old. And then he said, oh, thank God, I'm really leaving this time for good. And he took off. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. God did not stop that revival. He didn't stop that move. Jealousy and division and the two keys for this revival. Number one is unity. And number two is love. We started letting all these things creep in. Like who's going to preach? Who's the biggest? Who has the best? Who's more wonderful? Churches started springing up out of this charismatic revival. This renewal. And they got bigger and bigger and the people got more popular and they began to fall and, 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 and the vision that we had of different preachers, they were demolished and they drifted away from that charismatic renewal. And nothing wrong with word of faith. But they all started forming different sects of, 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 of gospel. And if you didn't drive that, you wasn't really right. And if you didn't do that, you, you really didn't have it. And they got away from the real deal which is the Holy Ghost revival. And then God had to raise up people like Elaine Homer and Kim and Kreiner. And while folks
looks like you. When I first met you, sir, you were standing right over there, and I cannot even come to tell you how you acted. Drunker than a skunk. I told Ken, I said, look over there. This is the best place I've been since mom and daddy's church that we had down there where we shook the floor in. I said, did you see that man over there tonight? I said, oh, he, he was so drunk he didn't stand up. And they'd pick him up and he'd fall back down. And they'd pick him up and he'd fall into the table. And he'd fall into the chairs. And he didn't stay sober one minute. And that woman with him was as bad off as he was. These mass destruction weapons have always got to be ruled by unity and love. And when you get people that they make other people feel inferior and they think they're everything in a bag of chips and they got it all and they start building their little communities and if you're not in that community well let me tell you God said that stuff is going to stop. There won't be big eyes and big and little U's in this. Whether you're rich or poor, educated or uneducated. Whether you're pretty or not pretty or what size you are. One man said there was a wonderful lady of, uh, that I, we loved, Ken and I loved. She went to church one Sunday and he said, unless you lose 10 pounds, you're not getting on my stage. That's the truth in Chattanooga, Tennessee. She was a wonderful woman of God. Played the piano. She was fabulous. He said, you go on a diet and lose weight, and then you can get up there. And she said, why? He said, because, you heathen woman, you know you got a glutton demon. And she didn't. She didn't eat hardly anything. It was just in her jeans. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, it's just in my jeans. And then there was these other preachers, you know, if you didn't, I'd drive up in my car and they had Rolls Royce and all this stuff sitting there. And, and I was going to preach the same nights they were going to preach, you know, same amount of nights. And I was going to be there and, and do and had a whole lot more miracles than they had. And my meetings were, were uh, honestly, honestly, they were over the top. And they had people that stood there while we preached to guard their automobiles. Uh-huh. And they had to have a cappuccino maker. The few, if they come to your church and preach, you had to have a cappuccino maker. And there was the person that traveled with them that made the cappuccino. And you had to have a certain kind of wet cloth for their face. And you had to promise $10,000, you know, for the meeting. And you had to give them so many thousand dollars to get there. And so many thousand dollars. And you had to have a five-star hotel that they could order their food to the room. And the Holy Ghost said, I'm getting out of here. And the Holy Ghost just lifted. And yeah, they were great teachers. My God, they could make mince meat of the devil when it come to the word. But they did not have that love and that unity. When the poor little people out there was wearing shoes that they might have got at the second-hand store because they were working and raising a family. Nothing wrong with second-hand store. Jonathan, when he was born, that's the only clothes he had. I went to a second-hand store and got them. Come on. Yeah. Amen. Come 
worked in a factory till the blood would run out of my fingers every day to make sure my son had stuff he needed, both of them. And let me tell you something. When you are so uh, full of yourself that you have to have everything so great and the people you're preaching to have nothing, then there's something wrong with your prosperity message. Prosperity is right. God wants you to drive a good car, live in a good home, have everything. But when you can't go preach unless you've got a certain thing to drive and a cappuccino maker and guards around your car because it costs so much and, and everything you got to have. And you can't even have one child sit at your table. We had little children. You could not, you know, when you fed them at your church, if there was one child sitting at that table, they would get up and leave. No kids around. They ain't go, they, but one place there'll be no kids, and that's hell. talking about love and unity the Holy Ghost is moving and we have mass destruction weapons we possess them but the only way that the weapons are going to be used is if we get in unity and love one another and care much about the flock as we do ourselves I, oh, 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 oh I'm going to say it so help me God I'm going to say it I'm going to say it what is wrong with this pyramid message? Sit me down and tell me to shut up, and I won't get mad at you one bit. I'll love you just like I do right now. But when it's a pyramid, and the only one that ever has anything are the ones that are at the top, and the little kids never have nothing, then there's something wrong. Amen. I'll go back here. When the only people that has anything are the people on TV and the, and, the, and the pastors and the preachers and the evangelists and the prophets and everybody else lives like dogs, there's something wrong with that prosperity message. We got to get the Holy Ghost to direct us. That ain't the way it was in the day of Acts. Oh, I felt the Holy Ghost more than I felt him all day. If I see you in need, and you ain't got no thousand dollars tonight, or no thousand dollars tomorrow night, or any other time to give me, and I won't give you my gift. That's what I'm talking about. When preachers... Have to have 75, listen to me. I know men of God that have got to have $75,000 a night to preach to you. And then you watch those little people go out from the church. You watch little people <laughs> and they leave the church. And you give them all your money. And you get walk off in the darkness because you ain't even got no gas for your car. I'm telling you that we have not used the spirit of love the way we need to to teach these people how to get wealth. Amen. Amen. 
are starving in my church. And I can give you enough money from a Bentley to pay your little house payment or something off. There's a church in Georgia that I only hope the day will come, God, if he makes me a millionaire. I don't have to know you to give you money. I give away every... One man told me, he said, the way you preach and travel around and preach and preach and preach, you ought to be a millionaire. I said, I give it all away, sir. If I see a waitress that's hurting and she's tired and she's got children at home and she's working, it ain't nothing for me to give. I give a, if you give me a $100 bill, it'll probably go to a waitress somewhere. I got a little girl in my church poor little thing she's precious she's 30 years old but when she was 20 years old there was a big construction worker came in town good looking lots of money he took her out and gave her some booze and she had sex and had a baby so after the little baby was born here she comes to the church door with that little baby in her arms one woman in my church said that little whore she's just a little whore out running around I went back there and I grabbed her up in my arms. I said, baby, this is your home. You get right back in here. Well, I said, do you know what you've done is wrong? She said, I hate it. She said, I hate myself. She said, I hate what I've done. She said, it's just so bad. I only done it one time. I was a virgin. I just done it one time. I said, you're just like a virgin to me. That's before Madonna wrote that song about virgin. I said, you're as clean as Mary. Just come right on in here. She did not date one person for four years. You know, how do I preach? Hard and heavy. Holiness or hell, don't I? All the time. time. Little thing, four years went by, and I'll be John Brown if this stupid person didn't come to the city and she done exactly the same thing again. One time, hadn't slept with nobody in four years, hadn't dated nobody, lived for God, went out and done that again, and guess what? Got pregnant. So here she comes with another one. I told you she was a whore. I told you. I said, shut your mouth now. She don't have nowhere else to go. She might commit suicide. She's so depressed. I'm a pastor. One that cares for the sheep. See, the Holy Ghost is more than just healings and miracles and jumping and screaming. Either we're going to walk the love walk with the spirit that we got. Love is a weapon of mass destruction on the devil. So I took her back in. And I called all the little self-righteous women. And I said, we're having her a baby shower. Oh, my God. We have some... Oh, we haven't heard shower. I said, yes, we are. And if you don't like it, don't come. I'll go out and preach and get me a couple hundred dollars. Just buy her everything. Just forget it. If you, don't want to, if you can't bring nothing in love, you might as well not bring it anyway. You ain't going to get nothing. You're not going to get no return on, on non-Holy Ghost love. Well, I've got to tell you the whole story because it gets worse. I 
I restored her. I got her in the altar. Them little kids started growing up. Every Sunday she's there with them babies. Never dated. This time for five years. And done the same thing again. Preaching to her all the time. Get baptized in the Holy Ghost, honey. Praying in other tongues. Have you been praying in tongues this week? I mean, I'll just give her the word. You're lonely. You want a man? That's normal. Thank God you want a man and not a girl. Well, I felt, I felt a cold wave on that, but I'm hot. And, and, and I just kept on preaching, preaching my heart out to her, preaching it hot. She done it again. Now she's got three babies. Boy, they came to me. They throwed that in my face, throwed it in my face. So I just had her another shower. What am I going to do when I wouldn't give her nothing? Well, you know what? There was a woman at the well. And she had been married five. I'm Henry the fifth. I am Henry the fifth. I am. I am. I got married to the widow next door. She's been married seven times before. You know that song? Well, there was a woman at the well. And, and she, she was there and Jesus had to go by the well. He needed to go to Samaria. The Bible says he needed to go through Samaria. Why? For a woman that had been there five times. She might not have had the baby every time, but she'd been there five times. She'd slept with somebody five times. She'd had sex five times with five different men, okay? Just plain, A, B, C, one, two, three. You won't leave here not knowing what I'm talking about. Jesus made a preacher out of her and sent her to the city. And she brought out the whole city to hear Jesus. So I'm only doing what Jesus did. Now it's been seven years, six or seven years She's never went out again. She's just as faithful as she can be. And the other day, you remember the little illegitimate boy, the first one? He came up to John. He said, Jonathan, um, the Lord helped me write a song, and I want you to hear it. Maybe you can write some music to it. So two weeks ago, maybe three now, he said, Pastor, I got my song ready. Jonathan made me the CD, and Jonathan got it copywritten for me, and they're going to publish it. He said, I, I would, I'm prepared to sing it. I said, oh, okay. It's a shut them little unlovers, holier than thou. The ones that used to go out and sleep with every Tom, Dick, and Harry. But now they're righteous. And they want to slam everybody else. That, you know, the little girl that made the mistake. Hello. You know what? They don't want me to get up and tell about their past. <laughs> Boy, we're having fun tonight. And that little boy stood up there, and Jonathan played the, the soundtrack for him. And he sung that song, and there was not a dry eye in the house. Everybody was dancing, shouting, and praising God. I just thought, what if we'd kicked the mama out? I'll send you a copy of it. It's so beautiful. He's only how old now? 11 or 12? 10 or 11 years old. See? The Holy Ghost must have love to work. And in that love is forgiveness. And I wrote something down that the Lord gave me. If you want to be a success. See, you know, the the weapons of mass destruction that the Holy Ghost has given us. I wrote this down. He told me this the other day. Listen to what he said. 
He said, you will be successful if you do these things, Elaine. God will make you rich and prosperous. Well, you know why he can make me rich? Because I can have it to give away. I live in a little log cabin on the hill. And uh, several rich preachers that have come to my home said, well, one day, you know, you really need to sell this place and you really need to get you a home. Maybe your gardener can live in this. I said, what? This is only good enough for a gardener? I said, I tell you right now, I bind that up in the name of Jesus. I'm living here till Jesus comes back because I have me a mansion in heaven, I guess. I don't really need one up there. I'm not going to sleep. I'm going to be ruling and reigning over all this new earth and new world. Who knows? I may be in Hong Kong and Hawaii and everywhere. I may be the mayor of Hong Kong. The heavenly New Jerusalem Hong Kong. I, may, I might get on my horse and chariot and, and, and go on over to the Harrods of Hong Kong. I mean of London. Where they sell everything from an ostrich to an elephant. <laughs> to a pair of shoes. You don't know what God's going to do with me. You faithful over the little things here, he's going to make you ruler over much. Did you hear me? And the much on the earth and the much in the new earth. There will be a new heaven and a new earth. We're only beginning to live. We're, we're, we're only being trained here. We're going to talk the word. We're going to talk about the Holy Ghost. We're going to move in the power of the Holy Ghost. We won't need to cast out any devils or heal the, heal the sick. But when we get up there, we're going to walk in such unity and love. And we've got to get the starting of it now. The Holy Ghost will not work unless you have unity. Have you ever wondered why the unity, the gifts rather, don't operate a lot of times like they did for William Branham and Smith Wigglesworth and Amy Simmel? Do you know why? Because there's not enough love and unity. The East Jordan Harvest Barn, you've got a great, lively, not dead pastors. And they jump and shout and scream and sing and talk and got the gifts. Amen! It only comes through unity and love. Some of the places I go, the pastor and his wife is in such just disunity. They're talking divorce, and then they come to church, and they ain't going to do nothing. There ain't no unity even in the home. That went over like a, a lead balloon. So he said to me, he said, Elaine, my, my word says, Beloved, I pray, or I believe, that you may prosper in all things and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Then the King James says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in every way and, uh, uh, and in your body. That's amplified, rather. And keep well, even as I know you and your soul is well and prosperous. He said, Elaine, uh, you want to you use these weapons of mass destruction that you have in the Holy Ghost? He said, then you are going to be a success. I said, what do you mean, a success? He said, well, step one is forgive yourself number two give of yourself whatever you have you give number three you want to be a success in the Holy Ghost you be grateful don't be a spoiled brat well if I don't have everything just like I want it I'm not going to go you better go no matter what if God sends you where they got leprosy, you better go in faith. Amen. If God sends you where they got uh, any type of disease, you know, you better go. Yeah. 
If, if it's not going to be any money, you better go. I started out preaching for $58 a week. And I went. In a Volkswagen with two boys in the back seat and Ken driving like a madman. I don't think we're going to make it this week, Elaine. You get $58. My Lord, we made more than that before we started doing this. What are we going to do? Eat at McDonald's all our life? The boys liked it. Number four, you got to speak right. You got to speak right. You can't scream and, 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 and say bad words all the time and just, you know, running around. Uh, I, when I say bad words, I'm talking about cursing people. I don't mean, you know, saying D-A-M or H-E-L. I'm talking about cursing people. When you talk bad about somebody, you, you destroy their image and you destroy their testimony. You know, you can go to somebody and destroy and murder another person. That's cursing them. Amen. Number five, you must have knowledge of who you are and who God is. Somebody said, oh, you just need to know your enemy. No, you need to know who you are and who God is, and he will explain to you what the devil's doing. Don't major in what the devil's doing. Major in what God's doing in you. You ready for the next one? To move in this Holy Ghost revival and use the weapons of mass destruction, you must have discipline. Discipline. Paul said, I found it to be pleasing or to be well in whatever state I'm in. I'm satisfied. The weapons of mass destruction, forgiving, giving, being grateful, speaking right, knowledge of who God is in you, and be disciplined. And those things must come before you're going to walk out there and raise the dead and open blind eyes. See, Brother Branham had more miracles than anybody I've ever known on the face of the earth besides Jesus and Paul. He was a modern-day prophet. But people started worshiping him. People started baptizing in his name. People started saying he was God. And at 40, what, 42 years old, he left the earth. Maybe it was 45. When we get to the place that we want God more than we want things, God will give you things. Do you know why Dr. Norval Hayes is a multi, 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 multi millionaire? It's because he don't give a hoot about money. Don't care and say, well, Lord, I'm not going to go if I can't drive this. Go no matter what. Get in church. Respect your pastors. Come in here in unity. 
and walk in love. And the weapons of mass destruction will pour from every fiber of your being. Because God is love and love never fails. I'm going to tell you this and I'm going to stop. I'm not nowhere near through. But I know with all these good women and all this good preaching you're going to have around here this week, Lord have mercy. Katie, bar the door. It's going to be awesome. But let me tell you what happened to me. Just a little testimony and then I'm going to close. Last August, my husband has these two little dogs. One's a Maltese and one's a poodle. And he really loves them. I mean, he really loves, I know he really loves them. Really. I guarantee you right now, I could take my cell phone and I could call him right this minute and I could turn it on speaker and I'd say, hey, baby. He'd say, hey, Lane. i say, what you doing, honey? Oh, I'm sitting in the recliner, me and my little friends. I got one on one side and one on the other. I'm just patting them on the head a little bit and just, and just scratching behind their ears. So he bought them these rawhide bones. So one day I'm coming through the kitchen last August, a year ago, and I'm coming through the, the, down the hall in the kitchen, had my luggage getting ready to go preach, barefooted, and stepped down on that tile floor on that rawhide bone. And when I did, it was right on my heel, and man, a pain shot all the way up to my hip. It hurt so bad. I said, I bind you in the name of Jesus. I said, Ken. You have left that old rawhide bone out again on this floor. Here I have stepped on it. Now, my Lord, I don't know what, in the name of Jesus. And I mean, it's sore. It, it was swelling and, and hot as a firecracker. And I went on preaching. Well, I kept on praying for it. In about five or six days, it got a little better. So I just kept on walking and preaching and walking and preaching. And it got, Lord, it got all the way healed. Well, in December, same thing. Walking out through there, getting ready to go preach. I had already told him, don't put no dog bones on the floor. But I come running out through there, going to, to catch my ride to go preaching. And don't you know, I stepped another time, the same spot of that dog bone. This time, I cried, it hurt so bad. And when I told him what was what, I cried too. Two weeks later, it was still inflamed, and I went back home from preaching. He said, well, you need to go to the doctor. I said, yeah, and you need not to put those bones down on the floor. Well, I went to the doctor, and she said, tell me what happened. And I told her about the first one. She said, well, the first time you stepped on the dog bone, it tore all that muscle there, a big tendon on the bottom of your foot. And she said, then the second time, she said, it just flipped that tendon and that meat up. And the second time you stepped on it, you broke the bone. So we're going to put you in a cast. I said, oh, no, you can't put me in a cast. i got to go preach. She said, we're putting you in a cast. I said, uh-uh, you can't. Ken was sitting there. He said, put her in a cast. I looked at him and I said, what? He said, well, you've got a broken heel, Elaine. I see it on the x-ray. It's not going to heal it. I said, Ken, i got to go preach. Me and Jonathan's leaving to go to Pennsylvania. He said, well, I guess you'll just go in your cast, won't you? So 
here goes me and Loretta and Jonathan in a van and me trying to get up in there on crutches. And they put me in a cast from my toes all the way up to my knee. So I was looking at it. It was the ugliest thing. She said, what color do you want? Pink. I said, no, I don't wear pink. I'm not a pink person. Well, would you like black? I said, I'd love black. I wear black a lot when we're out of black. <laughs> she said, will you take gold? I said, I'd love gold when we're out of gold too. I said, do you have white? We got white. So we stopped at the Walmart and I got me some stones and I bedazzled that cast from one end to the other. Man, I got me some E6000 glue. They wasn't a place on that thing that didn't have something that looked good. So then when I walked in those places to preach, everybody go, Oh, I'm sorry you broke your foot, but oh, that's the prettiest cast I've ever seen. Stopped me in stores, in restaurants, everywhere I went. But the place they put me to stay had a step that was steeper than steep and, and about 15 steps that went straight up to my only bathroom and only bedroom was upstairs. So I sat every day and I'd go up and down them steps and I'm thinking, all because of a dog bone. Every morning I'd come down on my bottom. with I built my muscles up, baby. I, I would have to push, push up and down, push up and down. So I just got mad. Every time I'd call Ken, he'd say, well, honey, if anybody can do it, you can. You're the strongest woman I've ever seen. Well, it went on and on and on, and finally, I go back to the doctor, and she said, well, this hasn't healed at all. You're going to wear it six more weeks. And I did. But she said, I've never seen a cast so pretty. I said, really? John got tired of me. He said, I was just nothing but a you-know-what in a cast. Do you know when God healed my foot? When I got in love. She told me after she took it off, she said, now you're going to go on a cane and you're going to have trouble and you're going to have therapy. I said, oh, no, I'm not. I'm going to tell Ken, you know what? I'm not mad at you. I love you. Forget the dog bone. Throw them out. Make a carpet out of dog bones. I wear shoes. I don't care what you do, but I'm getting out of this thing. And, you know, I went down to my church that day and I was praying in the Holy Ghost. And the Lord healed me. And the doctor said he'd never be healed. Do you know it's totally healed? I can wear spike heels or flat heels. It don't matter. I can run. I can do anything. You know, the Holy Ghost moves in love and unity. The Bible even says, husbands love your wives. So your prayers will be answered. Get in unity with them. Hallelujah. The message for the hour is the Holy Spirit revival. And you know, no matter what I think or what I say, if I don't choose God's way, then it's not going to work for me. Now in that cast, I was standing there preaching for two hours. I stood and sung and prayed for everybody. 
in that cast every night for weeks. And one night I'm standing there and I'm thinking, oh, Jesus, walking on those stupid crutches on that. Don't put the weight of your body on that. And I'm on those crutches going up and down the prayer lines and the devil laughing at me, you good for nothing thing. What are you out here preaching healing and you can't even get your foot healed? You're in a cast. Oh, shut up. You don't know nothing, you stupid thing. Leave me alone. You, I even told him, you didn't do this to my foot. That dog bone did. I ain't going to give him no credit for nothing. If I don't buy tires and my tires go flat or I pick up a nail, it's not the devil. Well, it's me. It's, it's, it's ignorance. And so the Lord, the Lord said, see that man back there in the white shirt? Now I'm standing there in the cast. He said, see that man back in the white shirt? He said, he's dying and I'm going to heal him tonight. And I said, sir, come. I said, you're dying. He said, yes, ma'am. I said, you've got a disease in your body, and it's killing you, and you're, and you're going to die in just little short, short days. He said, that's what the doctors have said. You know what happened? He fell out on the floor and was instantly healed. I got an email within three days. If there's no sign of cancer in his body, he's healed. If you will go in your anointed self, and say, God, no matter what, I will have a Holy Ghost revival in me because it's got to start in you. You'll see the miraculous of God. And I can't wait till tomorrow night because we are going to name the mass destruction weapons and tell you how to use them. It's going to be good. Thursday night. And you men, do y'all get to come? No. Oh. You can buy the tape. But anyway. Anyway. Huh? Oh, Lord, then I had to cast the devil out of him. <laughs> if you men come in here in a dress, I promise you, I'm going to cast the devil out of you. But anyway. I love you and Jesus loves you. Ken and Jonathan loves you. And our family loves you. And we are on your side. And we believe in your pastors. We definitely believe in these two. And Ken said today on the phone, please tell Kim and Bridget to come and spend the night down here. But if they do, I'll make sure there's no dog bones. Raise your hands and thank the Lord for the word. Come on, raise your hands out loud. Thank you, Lord. Could I get the musicians to come?